first mind You'll never go wrong following your first mind Can't stay in your comfort zone forever Success never comes without a few failures It's all a process As long as you're making progress You'll be good, just be self-motivated self-motivated welcome to the regal speaking podcast i'm your host black regal today we we have an amazing guest on the show none other than my sister dr shalair armstrong she's a licensed chiropractor cryptocurrency bitcoin enthusiast as well as a crypto community educator which i am myself also today we dig into shalair uh we dig into our origin story like where she came from how she discovered Bitcoin, all of the things that she went through to make her who she is now, which is like, you know, a tycoon low key. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we digging into all of that this week on, on the Briegel Speaking Podcast. Tap in. It's Dr. Shalair. It's Black Regal. We self-motivated Regal Speaking Podcast. Let's get it. I have a company, Diaspora Africa. It's a retail business. And with this retail business, we travel to different countries on the African continent. We work with tailors and artists that are there. They make things for us. We bring them back here. I live in Boston. My son lives in L.A. So we're, we're now, now that there's a pandemic, I don't think I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, events. But we did a lot of outdoor events, Afropunk, um, the Essence Festival, wow. um, big kind of black people events we went and we would set up and we would you know and this is this is this we've been doing for years but now there's a lot more people in the space so i'm moving more into um and especially since i'm in the cannabis space now i'm moving more into that so you um, like kind of ready to pivot out of that out of that um, yeah, yeah 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 like it's mature now it's more people that that see it as like a fad thing to do like just something cool and, and like when you when you trailblaze in the space, it's always like that. You know, when you first <laughs> and you build up something, then people go, "Oh yeah, I could do." Yep. And, and you know, and then they because uh-huh. like a lot of people just aren't original. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, right. they see something that somebody else is doing, and they go, "I mean," and understandably so, they go, "Right, why reinvent the wheel?" Like mm-hmm. this person mm-hmm. has a dope business model. It's plenty of other. You know what I mean? Like it's plenty of other mm-hmm. space. To, to for somebody else to enter so they get into it but when everybody has that idea like too many people start taking on that ideas mm-hmm. like now now stuff becomes more common uh like you said you start seeing people everywhere that's trying to do it then it's, then it's a matter of supply and demand so you take one of these hats here and before you can get them um you can get because it costs money to get them over here right so you can right. get them over here you can add them to your to your retail shop or whatever, and you could command the price of you know sixty five to eighty dollars for these, depending on how many people are in the space that have these. Right, but right. then if you've got twenty five people in the same city that have the same product, then it's no longer a sixty five dollar product. Now we're dropping right. it down to fifty dollars. Now we're down, going down to forty, and at some point it's not worth it for me. You get the race to the bottom. Instead yeah. of like appreciating them value, like get right. that race to the bottom, like yo, I can get mine off before mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about that when it came, when it came to consultants in the cryptocurrency space. So um, I've never charged and I didn't realize that people were actually charging to talk yeah. about cryptocurrency I until they got onto Facebook. Uh, I should be charging for sure. And the yeah, thing I, is, like a lot of people are charging. Never mind. I won't even go there. But <laughs> yeah, I should be. <laughs> I should be charging for sure. But yeah. the thing is, I don't I don't know how we're able to to charge when the information is just out there and it's free. Well, with, with me, the thing is, like, you know, when you dabble into more of the personal one on one time, mm -hmm. like that's that's more like where I see the charge yeah. that is like the exchange for my time. Mm -hmm. And you still educate. And even if the you know, the, the information is, is mm -hmm. common knowledge, like somebody could probably learn math on their own, but they're going to pay somebody to teach yeah. them that, yeah. that's good at teaching. Right. Or that can keep them engaged because like some mm -hmm. people just need someone to engage them in order for them to yeah. kind of learn, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you got a person available to ask questions right on the spot, like yeah. when something challenges you or you're not grabbing it, you can write in that moment. Hey, what is that? That thing you just said? Yeah, yeah, you know, they're not talking to a video or they're not in a room full of people and they have to mm -hmm. interrupt everybody to say, hey, what is that? I don't understand that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely because we, we um, all know that they're in all of our inboxes and that that, that yeah. can take hours sometime. You right. know, if you're in a room of one hundred and seventy five or two hundred. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me how you how you got into um, the uh, cannabis industry. Like what was the, what was that like? So, so um i'm a, like i said i'm a doctor of chiropractic by profession right. i deal with a lot of people uh, I, I help a lot of people in our community that have musculoskeletal injuries and what i did notice is that a lot of people in our, our our communities are using marijuana to help them to get through these things so um at at a time and that's still the case in some states in this country chiropractors it's outside of our scope of practice to talk about cannabis to our patients. So right. if we started to document those things and something happened to a patient when they left our office, then we could be held responsible because it's not federally legal. And we knew that they had that in their system. Now they've gone out and had a car crash or something like that. So I was not documenting any of the stuff. I wouldn't talk to my patients at all about cannabis. Right. And then I started to get more into the science because if it's helping so many people with so many things and not just musculoskeletal injuries, but I'm talking about psychological stuff, you know, if they're having anxiety right. attacks, if they're having um, inability to sleep at night, insomnia, there are so many different things, blood pressure that this thing is um, been helping with. Um, that I said, okay, let's let's unpack why this is helping so many people. So I started looking into um, the endogenous cannabinoid system, which is a system that integrates all the different different systems in our bodies. Well, those that system has these receptors on it that cannabis locks right into, right? So right. when the cannabis locks into those receptors, it helps to calm us down. So in the in the case of musculoskeletal injuries. There's a certain terpene profile that you could um, gather from a certain strain. You look at that terpene profile. Terpenes are the oils um, that are inside of the plant. Um, right. Linolenes is different terpenes, and all of those things help with certain with certain things. If we can evaluate the terpene profiles of these different strains, then we can say, okay, Mrs. Jones, 
you've got this going on with you, what I can recommend is you, that you go here and you look at this strain of cannabis or that strain of cannabis. So that happened for a while. I had a patient that came in and he sort of um, introduced me to the idea of maybe um, getting into the cannabis industry. He was going to open up a dispensary and this was three years ago now. Right. He said he was going to open up a cannabis dispensary. This patient came late to his appointments and he did not show up. Sometimes he was a no call, no show. And I said, nah, these cannabis people, they're not serious people. <laughs> so I can't get into it. He said, no, nope, you're late. I don't want no parts of it. You're not, you're not professional. How are we going into business together when you can't show up to a meeting right. on time? Well, you can't show up to a doctor. I can't even crack time. your back on time. I can't, right. stretch you. I can't even stretch you. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm not into it. And then um, I was getting more and more into the real estate, real estate investing and wholesaling. I had a wholesale uh, property at the time that was in Cape Cod, which is um, like on the coast of Massachusetts. Right. So I had um, a piece of property. And I mentioned it to one of my patients and he said, hey, I know this guy that might be interested in the property. I said, what's his name? He said, his name is Cleon Byron. Uh, said, uh. There we go. <laughs> We're getting the origin stories together. There we go. <laughs> I was like, that dude, I don't know. He used to come late to the appointments. I ain't with it. <laughs> he was like, no, nah, no. Nah. So it was not going to work for me, but I presented the piece of property to him anyway. I presented the piece of property to him anyway. Right. Once I presented the piece of property to him, we went out, had a drink. We started talking more and more about the property. That wasn't of interest to him because now he was really heavily into the cannabis thing. So he started to show me the progress that he had made. He had already, there's four parts to get your license. So he had already made progress on one of the parts. Um, he had gotten the host community agreement. So there were three more parts left. And at that time I said, okay, you, you're putting in some work. You actually care about this. So I'll, I'll roll with it. So, um, so I got involved at that point. We started moving through the licensing process. You know, you got to get um, the zoning board of appeals because it's right. always not okay to have um, a cannabis dispensary. So you've got to get your host community agreement. Then you go through the, the city. Then you go through the zoning board. And then you go through the state. We're now in the, um, in the portion where we go through the state, which is the Cannabis Control Commission. Right. So we get an appointment with them, interview with them, and then they grant us a provisional license. Um, and then we break ground. So that's kind of how I got into the industry in that's a roundabout awesome. way. <laughs> Man, so when is this? Uh, when is this uh, gathering going to be for that? That's a dope accomplishment. So wanna, it looks uh, like our groundbreaking will be in the next few months. Um, but then the dispensary is scheduled to be opened up quarter, the fourth quarter of this year. So November, December. We're looking at also a manufacturing facility because with the with the type of license that we're that we're looking at now, we can get three manufacturing, three cultivation facilities, and three dispensaries, three retail outlets. So we're trying to go and maximize all of that kind of vertical. And then that's one person's social equity license. And then the next person that's in our group would have also a social equity license as well, with which you can get all three of those things uh, as well. So right now we're just trying to open up the first one to fund the second, third, fourth, you know, on and on and on. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Big shout out to uh, Dr. Shalair, brother Cleo. Big <laughs> shout out to them. That's awesome work right there. I'm gonna add some claps in on the uh, on the post on the post cut. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna add, okay. we're gonna add some a 
pause, man, on, on that spot. And, right and it's Cleon, Cleon, Cleon. Cleon, oh, my yep. apologies. Big shout out to brother Cleon, man. Y'all doing some uh some awesome things over there in Boston. Yeah. With a new in Boston, right? Yeah. Yep, we're in Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. Cle the the way that we were actually able to do this, because one of the uh one of the um major hurdles for people in this state, and I want to say in other states as well, is the property. So we talk about securing generational wealth. Cleon's family has been doing this. They're, they're from the Caribbean. So mm -hmm. what they did is they invested in um, residential real estate, but commercial real estate as well. Mm. So the challenge that many people are having is that you have to secure a host community agreement. You also right. have to get uh, a property owner to agree that you can use their property for the distribution of cannabis. Right. Well, if you've got a property owner that doesn't own the property straight out, they're still dealing with a financial institution. Right. When you're dealing with the financial institution, this is something that is not federally legal. That financial institution can call the note dupe on your property. Yeah, they want so, hands off on that. Right. So so we can't we can't get a lot of the contracts for spaces that are available, but his family they own a commercial block in boston and in um perfect, perfect marriage then yeah so it, it just you know we were able to get it where some people in the city you know they if the rent is fifteen hundred dollars they're charging you now eight thousand dollars right you know that so is, yeah big big shout out again the uh brother cleon and and the generational wealth play that's that's dope because now you know you you circumvent uh, mm -hmm. the middleman and uh, mm -hmm. you know what I mean looking over the shoulder okay. trying to tell you what you can and can't do exactly. in the space even though you have the means to do so mm -hmm. um, and his, yeah. family, his family was supportive you know it's it's like they understand that this is a marathon not a sprint and they understand that this marathon will include passing that baton exactly. on and trusting that the next generation um, is going to be able to grow this and, and that took that took some some kind of work i'm sure with oh, his, mom, yeah. his mom is very much into her church she's seven day adventist and so the other um last the the previous generation in his family they, they own it together and they're very much into their religion and um we're able to get the whole community to agree we got daycares we got a church this across the street wow. the church agreed to have cannabis in this community only because that family has been providing jobs now for two generations right they own a bunch of daycares they own transportation company right they own residential real estate so they've been providers in the community and people trust that they're going to continue to be good stewards of the community right and and that's the thing too is like this industry is, is happening so mm -hmm. somebody is somebody's going to do that you know yes. what i mean like yeah. why not have it be someone who's already um committed to this community already is proven right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as opposed to someone who comes in who really doesn't care at all Absolutely. and the, the people who actually live in the community will be the last people to benefit from them mm -hmm. being financially prosperous yes. in that in that community so yeah big shout out to that community as well for for mm -hmm. having that type of foresight like you know when you already have somebody that's locked into the community that's committed mm -hmm. why, and we're already planning to grow our community. So we right. have um, a future use space that we'd like to have as an incubator for businesses that are peripherally 
um, involved with the cannabis industry. So we've got Jane Unruly who does rappers. We've got people like Mohawk Glass Company. We've got all kinds of small businesses that you can do where you're not touching the plant at all. Maybe you make right. some rolling papers or some trays or something like that. Maybe you cook and right. we have a manufacturing facility and you want to infuse some things. Okay, you know, let's see how we can work together. So we've already um, set aside a certain portion of our of our actual space where we would house that but we also have funding with with which we will work with the community in in whatever they need that's what we're here for because we've already seen that this is taking a lot out of our community so we've got to put back in it's our responsibility exactly that's man that's beautiful so the the hop back on uh bitcoin right so Mm -hmm. our our, uh our initial first cut got cut short so i'm gonna ask you um, one more time without the, um, how can I say this? With, without the uh, accumulation numbers, like what was your Bitcoin origin story? <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I, I got some, some, some Bitcoin. Um, how, how did you dis- discover it though? Like your discovery of it okay. and everything. So, so, so when I first heard about Bitcoin, less than, it was less than a dollar. I heard about it from someone that I knew. Right. About it from someone that I knew. Um, they told me about it. They understood it a little bit, just peripherally. Didn't, right. wasn't able to really give me an explanation. They said, Shalair, I know that you know business. Put some money into this. It'll grow. I put some money into it. It grew. When it doubled, I took half out. Didn't understand what that meant. Um, but what I had essentially done was I had sold half of the Bitcoin that I had purchased initially. So um, when that happened, I took the money. I was happy. Um, and then it grew again. Now it tripled. And I said, okay, well, you know, let me take this, this amount too. Um, I was really confused about why it was growing, but we're going to roll with it. So I rolled with it. And then I started to get more information about the space. Cause I said, why is this thing growing? Um, at that time it was less than one Bitcoin that I was holding. Um, so then I said, okay, I've got to, I've got to start this again and I've got to get educated. So I started to get educated about the space. Once I got educated, I realized what a huge mistake that I made. And I said, I have to tell some other people before they make this mistake as well. So I started just explaining Bitcoin to people. I did something called Bitcoin Basics for Beginners. Um, I did it on Zoom. I did it on Facebook. I did it with people, their churches, community centers, whoever was going to listen to me talk about this um, internet money, I was willing to talk to them about it. And then I discovered um, the the Clubhouse app in the Black Bitcoin Billionaires. And I saw that there were a lot of people that were teaching about this. And I said, well, you know, let me go on and join forces with them. And started, you know, doing Wake Up With Bitcoin, Bitcoin Basis for Beginners, which is what I do now. Um, You can see it at the bottom of your screen. It's from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time daily, Monday through Friday. Um, So so that's where I am these days. (laughs) So so with the... um... So basically, you're you're not you're the mistakes you made early in the space, right? That kind of fueled your passion to educate other people, yeah, yeah, yeah. to um, not make those mistakes, right, right. Like so now, like that's that's kind of like your mission is to see people, and that that's that's awesome that you have that that character trait, right? Like. You, you made a mistake, but like your mission, like you're fueled by wanting to see people do better than you did initially yeah. in the space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, 
okay, because I initially hopped in the space and made these mistakes, I want to make sure all of my people that I come in contact with, they don't come into the space and do the same things mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. You know, they come, they hit the ground running, right? Like, what I've noticed is that there are a lot of us that are on this journey, and we say that that's the cost of your education. You pay the price yeah, yeah, of your education yeah. here. And yeah. I look at and I say, gosh, you know, if I had just held on to those bitcoins that I purchased initially, I would have X amount of dollars. That's mm -hmm. not the case now, but yeah. I don't want that to be the case for anyone else that they say, right. I got into bitcoin when it was only. $38,000 and then I sold it all because no one told me that you mm -hmm. need to hodl. You know, right. so we're going over those basic definitions. What is a Bitcoin? No one really told me what they said it was, there was these coins and it's going to be the money of the future. And right. I said, well, when? You win. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I thought that the future meant when it doubled. So, you know, I didn't realize that they meant a future after right. generations now. <laughs> like, like Bitcoinization type stuff where yeah. you know we got El Salvador now who mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um are accepting Bitcoin as legal tender. Yep. Like that that happened really that happened really quickly. Actually mm -hmm. a lot faster than I thought would happen. Um, and then I, I don't we, know if you know but Lord who is um yeah in Tonga yeah yeah he's actually trying to use it in his kingdom as well. Same, so same thing yeah it's happening it's happening. Yeah, and shout out to uh, shout out to the uh, Lord Lord from Tonga, really good guy, man, really good dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might actually have to get him on uh, soon as well. Really, yeah. He really comes good. on. You think he has a thunder voice? He's Lord, and you're like, yeah, you sound like a Lord. You sound, you sound <laughs> <Right>. like it. <laughs> yeah, well, like he was saying, like they still live in a kingdom, which is dope. Like you mm -hmm. know what I mean? They're uncolonized, which is dope. And, they, um, and they've never been colonized. That right. Cool. Yeah. So their their actual culture is still intact and in Ooh. origin. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? For I think I thought he said like what 500, 2,000 years or something. It was something crazy like that. Like the same yeah. family that yeah. ruled that island for like mm -hmm. hundreds of years. Or yeah. It might have been a thousand. Like. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's dope. That's dope. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Like I, I want to go just to like check that out. Like what I know that looks like. it seems like a story, a storyland. Yeah, because it's like, had to, like him. <laughs> yeah, like an uncolonized like I want to check that out. Like I want to see what these people like what their culture looks like. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. so so you do the um you got into the black bitcoin billionaires when like um december or probably december not long after i got on because when i got on to clubhouse i got on to learn and connect with people right that had a deeper understanding of the technology side because the folks that i was talking to about cryptocurrency and bitcoin now they've got the basics now I need to move them along to somewhere else in these uncharted waters for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm really still not that interested in the technology. I understand that the technology is important, but my eyes right. kind of glaze over when people start to talk about it. Even if you talk about a Raspberry Pi or a Node, I'm kind of <laughs> like, <"Ugh." laughs> I'll eat some Raspberry Pi. <laughs> I don't want to set right. it up in my house. <laughs> right, right, right. Burning up my electricity. Yeah, yeah, and, and 
once once actually once the, the cultivation facility opens up, we're looking at doing solar. So we are going wow. to combine some mining with the um with this because you know when you're growing um cannabis, I don't know if you know anything about gro growing cannabis, but um for for the exotics, it needs to be temperature controlled, so it needs to be right. Freeze to prevent mold and blah, 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 blah. Right. So, so we need the heat anyway. So, if you want to produce some heat with these, you know, with this mining equipment, might, may as well use it for something. So you could take like some of the heat from the miners and temper it with yep. the the cool air and kind of just work it that way. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's really cool, actually. I never even thought about that. That's. That's why you're business. That's why you, Doctor Shalier. That's why you, Doctor Shalier. It's 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 definitely a, a thing. Um, I don't know if any other folks in grow in grow facilities are doing it, but I mean, I see a a, a a need there. You know, to heat the place. So why not? You know, also do some mining. And I don't know if we'll be mining Bitcoin. It may be um, Litecoin. It may be helium. My son mines helium. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me and uh, me and Lamar always joke. I always joke with him about helium, right? We always have these jokes. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna set up some helium in, uh, you know, somebody's Airbnb or something. Or like, I always <laughs> just joke like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause, Why not? <laughs> yeah, because he, he, Lamar, you know, he he a good dude, so he always talks about the the technical side of it. So he's like, man, you know, it's a mesh network. You know, like you. You 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 given locations and different stuff like right. that. Right, you need like, you need those different locations, and yeah. they have to be a certain amount of um, separated. Space. Yeah. yeah, so you can't just put one in the back of your house and out in the, right. the, the shed. You right. know exactly. that might not be enough. You need multiple of them, and, right. and the more you have in your area, the more you can mine. So yeah, yeah I always, if, I always if, joke if the with Airbnb them, like, people let you set it up, why not? I always joke with them and be like, you know, I just I just put it in places uh, of people I don't like and leave it there. <laughs> well, you could you could plug it up at the mall and probably no one would discover it. Yeah, if really. You put it behind a soda machine or something like that. Just plug it in. <laughs> right, right. This exactly. is not to be received as financial or legal it's not financial advice. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not helium minor planning advice or anything right, like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, you got <laughs> yeah. Use your own judgment. We're not yes, getting good. Yes, advice. yes, yes. So um the the chiropractic work, that's mm -hmm. um what uh like kind of fueled your your passion for for that space. I got into a car accident, my back was hurting, I went to a chiropractor, they helped. Wow. I I went to um, an attorney and they said, oh, you know, you should sue that other person because they hit you. I said, OK, you know, so that's what I'll do. I got a settlement for that car accident. It was just an, a minor accident. Um, yeah. And so I got some some lump sum. I ended up getting closer to the chiropractor that I was working for, uh, working with at the time um, to, to just help me through the car accident. And another chiropractor in that office told me there's a chiropractic school in Atlanta. And I was like, Atlanta? I'm thinking Atlanta is Chocolate City. I need to go down to Hotlanta because <laughs> of whatever. I'm almost done with my undergraduate. What do I do next? I was doing accounting and um, in marketing at the time. I was working um, at, a, at a, a construction company doing marketing. 
And then they said, oh, you can go to chiropractic school down in Atlanta. So I went to visit Atlanta and I said, this is where I'm going to move to. So a month later, I didn't even walk for my graduation. I finished school and then I said, I'll come back for my graduation, but I'm moving down to Atlanta. So I had planned and um, went back down to Atlanta. And then, and then the next uh, rotation of when classes began, I was down, living in Atlanta, bought two houses down there. Um, move at that time I had one child and, and, you know, my, me, my husband and I, he stayed in Boston. I moved to Atlanta, went down there for grad school and, you know, came back to Boston after I was done, set up shop. Wow. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. And now, and now we got, uh, Dr. Shaler's, uh, Dr. Shaler's, uh, practice, right? You live from the yeah. practice. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm, I'm live from from my practices in Dorchester, Massachusetts, which is a um a smaller area of Boston. It's Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan, and a couple of other smaller neighborhoods <clears throat> that um make up Boston. So I have one practice here, a retail shop as well here, um, and then I have another practice where I see patients that are this in a suburb of Boston. So right. I've got those three those three things going on, and now the cannabis thing. <laughs> That's what's up. That's awesome. So what what is it? I'm, I'm and this is just a curiosity question, right? So like what and I'm it's not like you have um I guess something to compare it to since you're from Boston, right? So I was gonna say, like, you know, what is, what was it like growing up in Boston, you know, obviously being uh you know, a black woman, uh black girl growing up in Boston, what was that what was that um, like? Obviously well, growing up in Boston was kind of tough for me because I grew up with a with two parents that were drug addicts so mm -hmm. my mother was crack addicted and my father is still heroin addicted right. so I was raised by my grandmother my grandmother was very a strict religious woman she was a Jehovah's Witness so we didn't get to know any of our family members we didn't hang around with cousins we couldn't have friends that were not Jehovah's Witnesses we didn't celebrate the holidays so it was interesting growing up in the era of crack in Boston. Um, like 80s? like 80s. Yeah, eight, yeah, 80s. I was born in the late 70s. I was born in 77. So growing right. up in that era, it was difficult because you had people that were um, out selling drugs, people that were using drugs. And then right. I had a super religious grandmother, so we could not talk to any of those people. So we've seen a lot of the stuff peripherally, um, but we didn't get involved in it because of the you know, because of our religion. Um, right. And then my grandmother passed away when I was 13, 14 years old. And I kind of was homeless since then. Yeah. Um, so I had to like make it on my own. I had to, you know, make it on my own. I was living this place, that place. I was in high school. So this place, that place, I was going, you know, from one friend's house to another until their parents said, well, where's her parents? She's got to go. So um, I did that for a while. Then I got pregnant when I was in, um, when I was in 12th grade. So before I graduated, I had a child. That was another hurdle to overcome because right. now you're homeless with a child. Um, and then I said, you know, now that I have a child, I have to go to college. So right. it wasn't until I had my son that I decided that I was going to go to college. I went right to um, in a, get my associate's degree because my instructors actually told me that I should not go to college at all. They said that I should probably go to like a, a training facility and just get a job. They told me to get an abortion 
all wow. of these kinds of things. It was really, really interesting, wow. <laughs> you know, for me being in high school. But I just kind of ignored all of the um, FUD at the time. I ignored all of the fear, uncertainty, and doubt about what I was able to accomplish and what I was not, and just kept moving in, in, in that direction. And now, you know, I really want to see people that, um, you know, kind of was like me, didn't have anyone to tell them anything, have a chance. You want everyone right. to have a chance. Everyone deserves an opportunity to get involved and, in, in, you know, fulfill their dreams, even the people who had, you know, a fall maybe in the last generation with their families. So, right. So that's what I'm, that's, that's, that's something I'm really passionate about as well. So that business incubation thing was perfect. Yo, that's going to wrap up the show. Huge shout out to Dr. Shalea for coming through, dropping gems. I don't know if you noticed, I don't know if you was peeping game, but Dr. Shalea is really out here on that business tip. That's why I joked, but I really wasn't joking. At the beginning of the show, when I said Dr. Shalera is low-key a tycoon out here. So, yo, like, really appreciate you coming through. Super inspirational, aspiration, motivation, all of the above, man. How, how, how the doctor came through all of the circumstances that she grew up with, you know what I mean? That's literally the definition of what I call elevated thinking. Not succumbing to the circumstances that sit right in front of you, all of the controversy, all of the turmoil, the pain, things of that nature, and you're able to get the, the mental fortitude to to rise above those things, man, it's nothing but respect. Uh, shout out to you, Dr. Shaler. Definitely, definitely doing your thing down there in Boston. Look forward to being a part of anything that I can that you got coming up. Let me know what y'all think of the new theme song as well, man. We gonna, we actually about to sign off with it. Y'all let me know what y'all think of the new theme song. We coming right back next week with some more heat, some more fire guests. Shout out to everybody that's tapping in, man. I really appreciate the support. Until next time, man, it's Regal speaking. Oh, no, no.